Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Hello, Endless Honeymoon podcast listeners. This week's podcast episode of the Endless Honeymoon is brought to you by Almond Surfboards, specifically the R-Series. The 8-Foot Joy has unique high-density foam and that means okay. no fiberglass. No, what's up? No wax. This is not no compromise. Commercial. In the shape Moshe's of trying to get a free prof- surfboard. What? No, there is an official sponsor. Yeah, I'm sure that surfboard company goes out to a lot of podcasts and has them. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't mind having a, a eight foot R series black or the Surfrider Foundation print of the of the deck pad. If that any, sounds dangerous. If Why do you need an eight footer? You just started. Eight foot. The longer the better, as they say in the streets. The bigger, the better. If anybody knows anybody at Almond Surfboards, tell them that I gave them a free ad and I want a free surfboard. Come on, guys. How much are they? They're like, you know, $500. Buy your own dang surfboard. Well, why do that when I can read this ad? <laughs> this week's episode of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast, once again, brought to you by AlmondSurfboards.com. AlmondSurfboards.com. Uh, then I'd like to have this podcast brought to you by Business Class on all airlines. <laughs> This business class. This episode of the Endless Sunday Moon podcast brought to you by Business Class on Delta, on American Airlines, on Virgin Air. They're not even in business anymore, but we are in business with Business Class. If there are any airline representatives out there, please give us upgrades to Business Class. I like it. I like this. Thank you. Well, let's start the show. Oh wait, I have a, I have a, I have an ad. Oh, okay. What's your ad? This is for my husband. Please stop making me fly southwest. I don't care that it's the you can't fastest do an opposite way. Ad. <laughs> You're not allowed to do a, a reverse ad. This week's ad, this week's episode of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast not brought to you by Southwest, a very convenient way to fly specifically. It's Burbank not to convenient Oakland. to ever line up with your baby and your luggage, and we're always Group B or C. I love Southwest. For Why a short, for a short flight? There's Why not just more. fly another one? Because then you got to get a seat. You got to you got to wait the... until it's your turn instead oh. of clamoring in a line like clamoring. a clamoring. Everyone's. Have you ever noticed like now at the airports, like there are very strict signs that say, please don't stand until it's time for your group. Group one, two, this way, three, four, this way, five, six, no, this way. I love as it. soon as they're like, we're, we're going to be boarding in 15 minutes. Every single person <laughs> just like hoards themselves to the front you're, of the... It's You're doing an ad for Southwest and you don't even know it. That's how big of a snob you are, Natasha. Right now, what you're describing is every airline but Southwest. That's true. Southwest has a beautiful streamlined system for the people where you line up. You casually walk into the area where you think you are. You hold your uh, boarding pass in such a way that it's like sort of just lightly dropped out what group you're in and what number. And you go, oh, uh, what what number are you? And then they show you and then you get in front of them. It's so good. It's so easy. What do I need direct TV for? I like direct communication. Hmm. Well, that's where you and I differ. Yeah. You like to, what do you like, spirit air? No, I just don't necessarily want to like strike up conversations with people not, who have the C number. It's not really <laughs> who a have, conversation. Like, a number that's close to mine. You know who I saw on Southwest once? Hmm. Rapper E40. If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for us. I'm not saying I'm too good for it. I'm saying I don't, just in the same way, I don't like those restaurants where you have to line up and then you have to tip and then they give you a little number and you have to sit there and then wait for your food. I'd rather just have like a waiter. But there is no waiter on American. It's a mob scene. You buy a ticket and then they you have to sit in the in whatever horrible seat selection they offer or get or pay for an upgrade. And then when it's time to board, you have to just like nudge people from Visalia out of the way to get on the plane. It sucks. Southwest is a humiliating experience. Oh really? Is yeah. that is that right? I, I feel like it's pretty bad. I love Southwest. All right. And I'll straight up divorce you for it. Is that the one where they have like a little like uh, shelf where you can help yourself to pretzels? <laughs> no, that's JetBlue. Another <laughs> another favorite airline in my life. I like that. Oh, I love a JetBlue. Anyway, is this interesting? Probably not. No, probably not. not. Sorry. Let's start the show. Okay.
Well, let's start with our fight of the week. Although it seems like we just had our fight of the week in real time, fighting about the most beautiful airline on earth and almond surfboards. Uh, no, I... We I, did have one this week. Well, because that's one thing about this podcast. We have to start figuring out, like, oh, did we have a fight this week? But oh, yeah. Every- I remembered the feeling of having a fight, but I couldn't remember what it was about. Lucky you, the record keeper is here. <laughs> I remember exactly what it was about and the language used. See, the whole language used, that's that's my issue because I don't know how to breach things with you because every time, you know, I want to talk to you about how you keep house, you <laughs> get... Ex- extremely upset actually and storm out of the house interesting that you mentioned that because that is the language you used during our fight you i remember i walked in you were scowling and you were upset about something i was like i was like are you okay i remember being i was very sweet i was like are you okay are you feeling okay hun like i was concerned for you and you were like yeah i'm good (laughs) i'm doing pretty good um i was like something bothering you and you were like, yeah, well, I just feel like you won't keep this house clean. I live in a disaster. And before I even had a chance to respond, you go, and I can't bring this up to you without you get feeling like you're being attacked and storming out of the house. Well, no one taught me how to manipulate people correctly in arguments. <laughs> that is an interesting thing about Natasha. She does believe that communication is conflict. Yeah, maybe. And that is a. That's something I'm working on. Yeah. I noticed it last week when you brought up the uh, messy house situation. Well, to be fair, your mother was a hoarder. Hold on. Before we get into my mama, I will admit that I. She's not. You're not wrong that when you bring up messiness, it is a, it is a tender area of my psyche. And also, there. But I, there were better ways to bring it up. Could you tell me how? Well, you were saying my mother. Your mother's a hoarder. That is true. And I have. You grew up not in a clean house. That is real true. So, what's normal to you, like, I don't think you can sense, like, sometimes just to get out of our bedroom, I need to, like, climb over a computer bag, six pairs of boots, (laughs) and, like, all your underwear from the week. Well. And then I trip, and it's just like, it's a lot. You tripping on my drawers? But I just, and then I do it too, and I, I just think both of us, like, Sometimes we take things out of the fridge or take things out, and it's like we just never put them back. Well, that's and I ex- wanted to talk about us both doing it, but with the emphasis on how <laughs> bad you are at it, but you were not really down. Well, okay. So that's the thing. And then you stormed out of the house and went to your show. I did storm out of the house, and then, and, and, few- and I had made you chili and gotten you cornbread and my favorite pie. As you mentioned in te- in multiple texts on my way out of the house, I did have the nanny make the chili. Um, I because my mother w- was a hoarder. It, it is a, not only is it an area of real shame for me when mm-hmm. you bring up like mess, mess. You mm-hmm. should have the right to bring it up. Of course, you should have the right to bring it up. But it brings up issues for me immediately. And also, the thing you don't appreciate is how much better I am now than I should be and that I used to be. Like, right. like this is actually, I'm actually operating at like high octane compared to what my mother taught me. Well, my mother used to have me vacuum the ceilings. So my, I guess I am very. My mother used to cry when we threw out TV guides that she was emotionally attached oh to. Oh my God. That's my nightmare. Your mom sometimes has a minimum of four fanny packs on though. No. <laughs> She like she'll come over and have like cords around her neck. Like I don't even know where she's getting all this. I mean, she's very high. Te- she's very into tech, what's, so she usually has like. What's crazy about my mom is that she's actually doing a lot better than she used to. Although, oh, she's doing great now. I would not call her a hoarder at all. But but you don't notice what I notice because hoarding. I have noticed. By the way, my mom wasn't like a a dead rat like tampon from nineteen seventy three hoarder. She was more of a uh, of a you know media stacks and i remember very clearly i had a firefighter friend in oakland and he came to my house one time and he was walking down the hallway because our hallway had i I grew up in a railroad apartment you know what that is one long hallway san francisco railroad one long hallway with rooms off to the side down a long hallway and over the years we lived there the hallway had become shrunk more and more and more until it was basically like one body's length you had to walk down a single file and the thing about, really the thing about all weird mental illness stuff is that it happens so incrementally that you don't really notice it until you're, you're living in, a, in, a, in an extreme environment, but it seems normal because it happened with such creep, right? Mm-hmm. 
and my mom and the fireman came over fireman came over and he was like you are living in a pile of fuel i remember he said that and that really freaked me out and wasn't it like an old victorian building you were living into and so we had like an intervention with my mom we hired like a oh hired an organizer she came i mean literally there were tears there were literally tears well cut to the tears that were in your eyes when i just lightly said maybe (laughs) you don't need to cry Okay, well, you were mad. You were just like, bye. And then you started like whipped out your camera and started taking weird pictures of like things you were going to send me that I left out. Like well, it, you just became very combative in a way that I'm like, oh. okay, so, okay. Because I was like, what are you smiling at? He's like, oh, you leave a mess. I'll send pictures. Like you had just been like snapping pictures in the kitchen. Listen, couple things on that. A, it is significant that, um, that, well, maybe it's not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just being defensive. But it's like it is hard to hear about housekeeping stuff when you're looking at a pile of your mess. I know, but I just kind of have given in to your mess. Oh, so it's my fault that you no, don't. No, but put the I am just cleaner than oat you. milk back in the refrigerator. But okay. But second thing, here's what I'll say: because my defenses come up uh, specifically around that topic, I'm already like I'm not good to, at communicating around that topic. But also the way you brought it up was. It was, you're messy, and then before I could even respond, it was, and you're emotionally unstable when I bring this up. So it didn't feel like a, here's a task we could work on together. I'm not standing behind how I said it. It felt like a condemnation of my personhood. Well, what happens to me is when I start to feel like my house is like crumbling around me, I start to, I'm just like in a, I'm in um, uh, like survival mode and i just like you're because because i didn't know i was in a bad mood and you're like what's wrong what's wrong and then it just like comes out because i don't know how to say it correctly also i wish you guys could see our house it's like the uh, natasha's version of crumbling is that one of the uh persian rugs is a is a bit akimbo i mean it's not like that we don't like exactly live in a pile of fuel no i know that this is a dope house all right well here's the point no i'll tell you the point no, what's no your point? after you left, I was like really upset by it and I didn't know why. Or I mean, I, I didn't know why I was so, I didn't even know I was upset about everything, you know? And then I remember my therapist telling me about the love languages and I was already looking these up for something else that I was working on. And so there's this writer, unfortunately, I don't remember his name, but you can look him up. But he has these five love languages and he said, my therapist had told me that's how people show love. And so they're uh, touch, words, uh, acts of kind, acts of service quality time gifts and gifts those are the five ways people show love internet gifts memes no like like presents and so i i did it i did a little quiz online the night as soon as you left because i was like what what because it's oftentimes the way you want to be spoken to and basically but just so you know while you were doing the quiz uh i had two shows that night i know And and i left in such an emotional state you know i was so upset that both of those shows, I ended up really crushing super hard. Like really, really, I was really kind of just operating at the top of my game. Anyway, neither here nor there, but that's so what anyway, I So anyway, I did my love language test. Yeah. And mine came back acts of service. Right. That's what I want for my person. And then what it said in there is... Oh, can you not call me your person though? <laughs> we don't we What don't it like said that, though is that if someone's making things even more difficult for you, you have a really hard time. And I guess because like my living environment is so important to me that if I'm cleaning it and then all of a sudden the second you get home, it's like there's just, it, it, there's impediments everywhere and I can't right. walk out of the living room and everything's just, the surfboard's just thrown in the yard and all the crap and sand. And it What kind makes, of surfboard was it? Was it, it wasn't an R series by Almond Surfboards, was it? Eight Foot Joy or the Surfrider uh, deck print? I don't know, honey. They all look pretty stupid to me. Okay, well, I'm just checking. Um, but anyway, then I sent that to you, and you were very sweet. And then you took the quiz. I did take the quiz because fellas sometimes. <laughs> I was very surprised no, when you when, took the quiz. When your lady's tripping, sometimes, <laughs> fellas, you just got to take the quiz, bite the bullet, do your thing, you know. But it helped me understand that about myself, that like it really is important for me to me that someone my partner is like doing things that make my life a little easier right and that's what i do to my partner this is what's interesting i wake up every morning and say what can i do for him today (laughs) uh well yeah me too um i know i wake up every morning i open twitter i uh i inject a little bit of uh 
media poison st- directly into my cerebellum. <laughs> and then I flip open World Star and I say, what can World Star do for me today? <laughs> no, this is what I realized while I was I was uh, doing the, t- the double crush. Uh, that's what I call it when I crush twice. Um, <laughs> is that I need... So, okay. So you brought the thing up. And, and I would say you brought the thing up. I, I wouldn't say it was a great great no, it was entry a f- flunk. but it was also kind of it's kind of embarrassing for me to have you say you can't handle this and for me to immediately like prove you correct like you were like and the other thing is you always freak out and what did i do in response to that i fucking freaked out i just like immediately was like yes i do and it was that wasn't my best moment i wish i could have not done that and uh, while I was away, here's what I really realized about myself. I'm sure that a lot of men can relate to this. I actually need to leave. Like, in the moment, I'm so, like, head full of steam and stuck on being right. And and, and I don't even actually care about being right, but it's it's, it's almost like the, the old motion thing. The, old, the emotional reaction is such that I'm like, will not, cannot, will not admit that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. That, because I'm just busy fighting, that I need to leave. I need an hour to like process and go oh i know exactly what i did wrong so that's when i came home i was like i figured out i I, that i was combative and that i was defensive and that my some of my childhood you you do have too many boots in the bedroom i I definitely have too many boots uh there's no part of me that defends my cleanliness ethic uh definitely not and then this was also interesting you said Oh, I realized what actually set me off after having thought about it for a while is that I had come home from a surf trip that um, that afternoon earlier that day, surfing on uh, a subpar board, not an almond uh, eight foot joy, our series, and I had put my both of my wetsuits and my surfboard and my booties and my wet bag and all the sand and a bunch of sand and the, the bag and the I, I mentioned that. Uh, in the front yard and left it there because I was exhausted. I wanted to, whatever, whatever. And that was pretty, I could see coming home to that and being like, what the fuck is this? Well, only if like, I, I like clean the table in the front yard and try to put out the art supplies for the child and we sit out there and I have this whole tableau going and. Totally. It was, it, I'm sure it was not a pleasant thing to come home to. And what I, what I was, what, what you told me that, so I was, I copped to like, oh, I was re- being really defensive and immature and like, sometimes I just need to like leave and, but and, see, when I saw the surf stuff, it just like calm. I was just like, oh, that's just another thing. I guess I'll live with that. And then I think when I was laying down, when you came up to me, I had forgotten about that. And then when I went back outside again the next day, I was right. like, oh, that's no, what that, it was. It was yeah. that night. So I came home and that's what, in terms of good communication, not that I'm in charge of telling you what good communication is, but we did talk about it that night. That actually, if you had said to me, when I came home, and I saw the surfboard and all that stuff there, and I had spent the whole day cleaning that area, it was, that bummed me out. I think that I would have been able to take that better and been able to say, I'm sorry about that, I'll clean it up. When it's incidental, it uh, is easier for me to deal with. When it's uh, transcendental, when it's monolithic, when it, it feels like uh, this is who you are, not this is what happened, ah. that's hard for me to deal with. So the way I should breach things, probably in all... Is that the right word, breach? It's not, and I haven't corrected you twice. Why not? I don't know, because uh, we're recording this, you know, and I, I felt mean, like... I mean, fr- I went to public school. So did I. Okay, well, you're smarter than me? I no. don't know. I mean, I just didn't have a very good education. What do you say, brooch? Yep. I think. Am I right? Laura, is it brooch? Our producer's nodding yes. Brooch. Well, anyway. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know that England wasn't, like, surrounded by water until I was, like, 35, so... <laughs> Well, I was just like not paying attention in school and no right? one made me pay attention. Yeah, they were. I went to a creative and performing arts school and they were like, yeah, you guys can just go to dance class instead of history. No, Natasha, I would not have married you if I didn't think you were brilliant. No, I. those are just things that come from education, which like I said. Also, I think that public schools in San Francisco are probably a little better than public schools in the middle of the country. I don't know about that. Maybe. I went to Oakland Public Schools and it was pretty much a fucking disaster. But at any rate... So do you want to tell us what you're... Oh, so here's what you were saying, though, which is really good, is that the quality or the um, the thing that you were saying, oh, that you just like make things very specific. Well, that, for me... That's a better argument tactic. It's like not saying, a tactic like, for argument. <laughs> it's a means of communication. And... Uh, and but it, how but, it feels to me is that it's big. 
It feels big, so I'm just speaking my mind. All it I'm, feels monolithic. It feels like this is who sure. you are. It feels like it's never going to change. Here's, here's what I here's it what I feels real- like it's all over the house. It, <laughs> it feels like you also make a mess. But no, here's what I learned. I, I had a really profound experience once uh, when I did an episode of my, my Comedy Central show um, about guns. And I went, I was talking to these, uh, I was trying to do this episode on like the liberal case for guns and why, you know, it, uh, regardless of your feelings on guns, I went and talked to this group called the Pink Pistols. And um, I did a lot of research about guns for the episode, but I went and talked to this, uh, it's this LGBTQ um, gun advocacy group. And it's a bunch of gay, lesbian, trans, uh, you know, sort of pro Second Amendment gun people. And I was talking to them about why and anyway, whatever. I had this realization in talking to them that just because I remember it was one guy, this gay guy was saying um, it was I have had way more of a hard time in society coming out as a gun supporter than I did coming out as gay. And I had this like realization listening to him like, oh, for gun people, whether you regardless of whether you think that this is legitimate or not, it's true. Being a gun person is who it's a it's a self-identity marker it's a widget of their self-identity just like being gay or just like being jewish or just like being like a woman is like for them and i know you're saying like well it's optional to be a gun supporter but you know just like being uh you know a democrat that's also optional or being a republican that's how these are all so when you tell a second amendment supporter we're going to take your guns what they're hearing or you know these guns are for are for are, for, are barbaric and are for murder what they're hearing is you're barbaric, you're a murderer, you support murder, you su-. so like that was like a big like uh, just a mind expanding moment for me is like anytime something has to do with who a person thinks they are as a human being, their identity, mm-hmm. it's way more sensitive than an incident. So you say to a to a gun person like, well, what does it matter? Just fucking get rid of your guns. Well, you're really saying what they're hearing. And if there are some Second Amendment supporters out there that are listening, I'm curious about your thoughts if you agree with what I'm saying. What they're hearing is, you're bad. Let's get rid of you. People like you don't belong here. So when I'm in an argument or when we're talking and I hear, rightly or wrongly, defensively or not, something like, you are messy, you are a filthy person, and you are too defensive to communicate about this. It doesn't feel like we're talking about mess. It feels like we're I talking about... I certainly didn't about, say you're a filthy person. No, no, no. I'm saying... I know that. I'm saying that's... I said the other two things. <laughs> I'm saying that's what that's what sensitive, little, tender Moshe child hears. And that might not be a fair assessment of what you're saying, but it's a reality of what I'm feeling in the moment. I see. And so... So you would so recommend... I re- so I respond with... with no, uh, I'm not a bad person. Fuck you. I'm out of here. You know, as opposed to, oh, yeah, I'll clean up. Right. Because also, but there is, you know, it's very easy because one thing you always say to me when we're in fights is you hate when I say what you would have said. That is an argument technique that I do not care for. You say, if I had said this, then you would just have said this. Or if I brought this up in a different way, then you would have gotten upset. It's like, you don't know the future. How could you know what I would have done? Even if you're right, you're wrong. Right. What do you think? I mean, I'm just saying what I was going to say is there's a good chance that you still would have gotten all upset if I would have said, listen, I really hate that you have that. See, I still don't know how to say it. I really hate that you left all of your surfing accoutrement in my yard. I believe. Yes, I don't. And you like, would have been like, oh, well, I just got there today. Uh, yeah, this is not my favorite rhetorical game that we play, which is <laughs> guessing the dialogue that I would have reacted to the thing that you didn't say. But... I believe that if you had brought up the surfboards, I would have reacted in a less defensive way. Probably that's true. But I, I also, will get more specific. And I also believe that I have some work to do. That when you call that stuff up, that I should I should not think of it as a condemnation of me, but just as a discussion about the mess. But you said, oh, my love language. Did you want to talk about your suggestion, though? I don't remember what it is. Oh, about couples counseling? Oh, yeah. Oh, because like that's my new tactic with you is to say, well, why don't we just bring it to a couples counselor? Because I know a lot of times that I'm right. And your reaction is, okay, then I just I'll do it. I'll do what you say. (laughs) 
<laughs> so now I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good tactic. Now if Moshe, because like, remember that time you wanted to walk the baby to your mom's house against traffic on like almost a freeway? I mean, it was on a sidewalk. It was on a very thin sidewalk that's barely a sidewalk with oncoming traffic coming towards right. you. And you wanted to wear the baby over there. Right. And she was a little infant. And I said, you know what? I'm really not comfortable with that. Nowadays, she's a little bit more able to ha- handle a head-on collision. But <laughs> at the time, she's pretty young. And so I was like, I really don't think, you know, it was very upsetting to me. So then I was like, well, let's bring it to a therapist because I knew any sane person would agree with me. And then right away, Moshe was like, okay, I just won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that comes down to another core issue of mine. <laughs> <laughs> is that I was force-fed therapy from the time I was four years old until so I was So you like 16. really don't want... I mean, you're very good at like communicating, so... It's also funny that we do a relationship counseling podcast. And you're afraid of therapy. I mean, I've been to therapy since since I was 16, but when I was 16, the state funding of my f- therapy, that that's how fucked up I was, the state was paying for my therapy, ran out, and I had just gotten sober, and I made a, I made a, a solemn vow that I would never go back to therapy as long as I lived because I had been in therapy, no joke, from the time I was four until 16 at certain points. That's how you know what how, the word brooch meant. <laughs> at certain points in that period, I was in therapy, no joke, eight times a week. That's more therapy than okay, there I are get days. That. I get I that. was in family therapy. I get it. Group therapy individual therapy and and uh five nights a week of rehab sounds like it was good for you though it was like it permanently scarred me but then i became 27 or something and i was still not going to therapy and i had this other realization want to hear another big big moshe pop yeah i realized that i was living my and i had my relationship life my love life was a total mess and I was I realized oh I am living my current adult life based on the decision that I, a decision I had made when I was a 16 year old newcomer in AA fresh off of drugs and I was like I don't want to live my life based on that decision anymore mm-hmm. and I did go back to therapy specifically around dating and getting ready to be in a relationship what happened and only 7 years later <laughs> you I met started me? dating you <laughs> That's cool My love language before we close this stands out. See, I thought yours was going to be touch because you always want to be like rubbed. Yeah, but it was. And actually, then I also thought it would be uh, words of affirmation because you always want to say right. I love you. But I actually got a unique one. It was cunnilingus. <laughs> That's not how you say it. Cunnilingus? Yeah. Yeah. See? Hell yeah. You messed up a word. <laughs> Moshe's love language is quality time. Quality time. Hanging out. That is true. Well, and we're I, both I, on our phones. And isn't that interesting, though, that both of but, but the, like that RV trip, that that was like the, what, those have been the most meaningful times in our relationship to me is when we travel together. And it is interesting that both of whatever our love language is, it sounds like a bunch of hooky hogwash, but but people do have things that they need. Hooey, not hooky. I know. Now I'm having fun. But uh, but it's interesting that both of the things that we want are the things that we give. It's not that easy. Right. Well, that's what the whole book was saying. Like you ever get a massage from someone and you're like, ooh, I, that's a weird way to massage. And then you realize, oh, that's probably how you like to be massaged. Yeah, totally. You know? That's why I always jerk guys off when I massage them. All right. Well, let's take a call. Now we're going to call Olivia from L.A. I love that town. Great place to surf on an Almond R Series surfboard. Hello? Hi, Olivia. Hi. Oh, what a nice gasp that was. You seem very excited to talk to us. Maybe just I'm me. so excited to talk to you. I'm a huge fan. Well, listen, where are you? We're in L.A. too. You could just come over if you want. <laughs> Oh my god, I wish. That'd be amazing. <laughs> What's happening, Olivia? Um, yeah, so um, my boyfriend and I have been dating for almost four years, and a lot of the time he has like this big beard, um, which I think is really cute. He looks really good with a beard, um, but just like when I kiss him, like sometimes his mustache will like get in my mouth and it'll be kind of gross. Um, and like I'll start to think about like what he had for lunch and stuff like oh that. Oh my god, <laughs> Olivia. <laughs> No, I know. Olivia. It's like, it's so nasty. Okay, wait, I dated wait, hold, one of these. Hold on. So, I dated a beard before. Uh, you did? Yeah. Wait, but keep going. Sorry. It's like, it's it looks good on him. I think it really suits him, but it's just like, 
it like gets places i like don't really uh, want it uh, so, olivia like, when you <laughs> say you start thinking about what he had for lunch today i think you actually mean you start tasting what he ew. had for lunch today right ew okay well no but like i think it like gets in my brain and then it's kind of like a little bit of a turn off because i'm like uh, I don't know. Yeah, okay, nobody just, wants to think about nobody wants to think about <laughs> stew when they're making out. Okay, I dated a guy mm. like this, and these okay. beards are very important to them because you know sometimes they just look better with beards. Some men do look better right. with a beard, so you don't want to necessarily well, talk him into you know shaving it off. Well, okay, but then I asked him. I was like, "Hey, would you mind just like trimming your mustache so that it's not like over your mouth, basically?" Um, and he was like, okay. And so he like went upstairs and he came down and he shaved the whole thing off. And then I felt really bad. And so I was like, what can I, uh, I don't, I just don't know. I was like, can I tell him to like shave it? Can I tell him to trim it? Or is it like just none of my business? You know what I mean? He came downstairs and now you're all of a sudden dating an Amish guy. Yeah, exactly. Wait, so here's the thing. Like men kind of need to be taught grooming things sometimes. So like, you know, he wants to please you. So he just shaved it off. But that's not really, you know, like he needs to learn how to how to trim it. And also there's something. Have you heard of this thing called beard oil? Yeah, I gave him some hoping that he would use it and he hasn't really used it. Did you like you knew like the smell of it, right? Because it does smell kind of good and like yeah, it conditions no, it, it. I mean, I think you need to have a, a, a little talk with him and just say like, all right, here's a question. Oh, maybe it's too personal. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm regretting it. No, what is it? Whisper in my no, ear. I'll ask. Well, I'm just wondering, like, do you keep your vagina neat for him? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that is. Okay, wait. Well, the, here's the thing. Like, he would never tell me what to do with my, like, I know, I know, right? So, like, that's why I feel bad asking him to, like, yeah, but it's, but Olivia, up. it's different. <laughs> it's different for a man to tell a woman what to do with her genitalia because of generations of, like, weird male I would not standards. appreciate that. It's a completely different, it's so much less offensive for you to say, can you trim your beard, than for him to be like, what's up with this no, I know. I was just thinking, like, maybe he would understand, like, how, you know, you don't want to have, like, all the extra, extra hair in your mouth. Not me. I like it. You like it? Oh, I like. Oh, yeah. I'm old school. I'm burning, man. I like a, I like a, I like a beard down there. Wait. But I think grooming is really important. And I agree. I, Olivia, I have a question. Is yeah. it the beard or is it that it's kind of gross? Because you guys start talking about beard oil and I'm like, what difference does that make? The hair is still in your mouth. But it is it smells that, good. Is it that the beard itself is it's not just that it's hairy. It's actually kind of like funky. Not necessarily. No, it's just that like the mustache part of it is so long. And he's like, I like it this way. Like I like it long. Um, and like he comes from like kind of bluegrass people and like oh all say no more uncle like they all have like we can um, all see the you beard know, now. like cool mustaches and beards and stuff but it's just like too long we can all me. picture this banjo strumming wash tub based yes, thumping correct. oh i know too you live in los angeles moshe goes to these places like there's all these barbershop new barbershop area uh, uh, barbershop places that are like they like don't allow women like they're very into the man wow. and the beard uh -huh. and like the trims. Like I remember the guy I dated, he would get his beard trimmed like religiously and he would make it uh. very neat. And then having someone else do it for you makes it very easy. So maybe he could kind of work that in. You could maybe take him there for the first time. I mean, there's there used to be a place called Sweeney right. Todd's, but there's then there's Sweeney a place. Todd's. There's another place. I, you I go, go to a place <laughs> called Manly and Manly and Sons. And that's that's exactly up his alley. There's a the blind barber. There's a lot of places in L.A. and in whatever city you live in. But I actually, I, you don't I, think that she should take him there? I have a thought. Okay. I Olivia used to like getting what's called a. This is kind of the opposite problem, but it but it makes mm -hmm. sense. Uh, I I used to like getting what's called a skin fade, uh, which is a which is that they would they would give me a fade that would start at skin. And I really love the way it felt. I love the it way that I looked. looked awful. And Natasha, when we started dating, did... In fact, the only time I ever thought you were cute is when it grew out. And I was like, oh, that guy's kind of cute. Well, It's basically like a Hitler haircut. And he would have it shaved to bald until the, till the scalp... Or till like right above the ears. So it's and then how, the hair started. It's how I liked my hair. And Natasha didn't like it. 
And slowly over the years, I started letting it grow out a little bit. Now I get my uh, my I get a fade, but I get it at a one and a half. At any rate, I've said that to the barber a bunch of times. I'm like, yeah, well, my wife doesn't really like this, and he goes, oh yeah, none of them like it. <laughs> I constantly hear this, and basically, men everywhere are growing their hair, their fades out a little bit more than for the for the person that they're dating if they're dating women. And I think yeah. that it's not really a sacrifice and it doesn't have the same kind of emotional trappings that if a man was to tell you like, oh, you need to grow your hair out or, oh, you need to shave right. down there. Totally. It's like, I don't think it's that big. Probably your boyfriend is down to trim his mustache and doesn't feel like you're you're taking his Samson-like uh, wash tub, hillbilly music, New Jack <laughs> swing, wash tub thumping look away from him. He's probably right. happy to have a woman that's more attracted to him and probably would be willing to sacrifice a little bit of mustache in exchange for a girl that's getting turned off, not turned uh, turned on, not turned off by the Reuben sandwich he has slathered on his beard did, did now Moshe does she does she tell him that she's not attracted to him when no. he has the long beard because here's another problem like Moshe goes and gets his hair cut every every 10 days he like gets his hair cut all the time he's always like I'm going to get my hair cut unless you're oh, doing well. something else <laughs> okay yeah that's not really him that's like, what he, I mean he only goes like when I'm like hey your hair looks long so that's why it might <laughs> be like, okay i'll go it might be nice to maybe schedule a few sessions with a barber so we can kind of learn how to do it no no I mean, how guy do men wants know how a woman it? that he's dating standing behind him giving the barber instructors yeah. instructions on how he <laughs> yeah, can look I appropriate be like right there <laughs> i think olivia he you just to tell learn him, how to do it though no doubt i'm saying i'm sure that he is would be down and willing to keep trimming that mustache if it kept you happy and it wouldn't feel like you were taking anything away from him. So just don't tell him I don't like your mustache. Tell him I liked it way better when your mustache was trimmed a little bit and see how he responds. Also, I have an idea. Are you in love with him? Four years. Yeah. Okay, so you should play him this podcast. <laughs> That's a great idea. I honestly, I might. I, I really actually might. <laughs> That's a great idea. Listen, Olivia, if you make the cut and... uh. Not every call does. Often we cut for time. Uh, but if you yeah. if you make the cut, now you're going to make the cut, Olivia. Don't you worry. Play him this podcast. <laughs> That's a great suggestion. Thank you. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. <laughs> good luck with that. That's hard. And I know it can be kind of gross. But I actually really liked the beard oil. But I think I made the, the guy who I was dating at the time feel you know, insecure enough about it that he was scared and he kept it really oh. clean. But I do think that in terms of communication, saying a positive rather than a negative will work so much better. You say, oh, I right. loved it so much it more. It looks so good on it you. It looks so much better. Like, does it? How did it look, by the way, when he trimmed it? Um, when he like, shaved the whole thing? Oh, that was dumb. a weird look. That seems a little extreme. I mean, no. I mean, he like sometimes does. Um, and like it looks good both ways, so... Yeah, just tell him, oh, I love that look. Oh, nothing get, turns me on more than that particular clean upper lip right. look you've got going on. Yeah. I think yeah. you've got you've got yourself a good man, and, and the beautiful part is he'll be able to uh, sing you uh, banjo lullabies for the rest of your time together. So oh, Ain't yeah, that sweet. That's nice. <laughs> okay, Olivia. Good luck. All right, thank you, guys. Thank you. Nice talking to you. Bye. All right, you too. Bye. I feel bad for her. That's a really hard topic. You think that's really hard? To broach. Oh, you nailed it. Thank really you. good work. Well, I wasn't saying, I wasn't trying to say that she should cut her pubic hair. In fact, I don't cut mine. But I was just trying to say like maybe some guys don't like it. So maybe if he was one of them, she could say like, you know, it's the same way as I, you know, you don't like a right. mouthful of hair. I don't like hair the, in my mouth. The problem with, the, well, you married the wrong man. The problem with uh, that logic is that that guy is like a bluegrass player. There's no way. He's like, I like two things. Bluegrass music and shaved pussies. Like not in <laughs> a million. And landing strips. Yeah, I like a Brazilian, a hot Brazilian. But I love wooly wooly, bluegrass, funky, hot buttered toast bluegrass, baby. I wasn't suggesting that she or any woman cut their pubic hair. I was just. For their man. Right. Well, yeah, definitely not for your for your man. But I do think. Anybody, I mean, I think it's good for when swimsuit season starts. There's something wrong with a man or a woman saying you need to look like this because I don't like the way you look like that. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing wrong with a person saying I kind of like it like this. And that and, and then if your partner decides I'm down to do that to do it.
Once I was at the Coffee Bean on Sunset Boulevard, which is where a lot of people who like just moved to Hollywood go, and there was like this really attractive couple. And the man, I overheard the man tell the woman that it was time for her to get her eyebrows redone. That... (laughs) And I remember thinking like, that is so awful. That is truly insane. (laughs) To have anyone tell you that. And uh, I mean, I remember once I asked you, I was like, yeah, do you like it when I have like a pedicure? And you're like, oh, I never noticed. And then I just stopped doing it. I'm just not a foot guy. (laughs) That's my thing. You never look at a person's feet? I've just, I've never related to that whole idea of like feet as a part of a part of the attractive package. It's not, I don't, I don't care. I mean, your feet are beautiful. I like them, but I'm not. You just think feet are like whatever. They're just feet. I don't go on wiki feet. I know a lot of guys have wiki feet of you. Yeah. And want to come on your bodacious titties. <laughs> that was a comment that Natasha found in her Instagram DMs. No, you made me check my DMs to see if there was anything free. And there was a guy that said, I want to I want to spray my, a- <laughs> my whipped cream cum on your bodacious titties. <laughs> That was a that was, I guess that that was something free. What? That was a nice free thing. Yeah, you got you got hooked up from the company that provides whipped cream cum. Okay, let's let's listen to some secrets. All right. So my secret is about four years ago, I was fighting with my husband and we were going through kind of a rocky separation and before he gathered his toiletry I put some nair into his shampoo and so I enjoyed for a few weeks watching his hair thin Um, never did tell anyone but yeah well, Jesus Christ. I mean, this woman just came through with the greatest advice possible for our first caller. Forget a sweet conversation about how you prefer it when he trims down his mustache a little bit. Give him some of that beard oil with pure nair. And he'll be like, I don't know what's happening, but the beard's thinning out. And you'll be like, that is terrible, honey. Give me a smooch. That is such a funny instinct. Like, I, I, I had it, but when I was younger. like to Revenge? Really, yeah, revenge. I think... It must feel good listen it's not for me it's little but it's like all you got sometimes <laughs> just seeing an instagram update of a thinning haired man yeah. like i guess time finally caught up with me <laughs> let's play another one Aww. hi there uh natasha and moshe so my secret is that my um prior dental hygiene prior to meeting my wife was less than stellar um and i tend to hide the fact that i have gotten fillings from her um most recently it ended up in a situation in which i got my fillings done early in the morning and she came home in the middle of the day knowing that i would be home and she um requested that i go down on her which part for the course sure happy dog. to um the only problem was is that because it was in the um L30 range of the tooth, uh, lower right-hand side of the jaw. Um, one of the fun facts of numbing the jaw is that the jaw, even up into the ear, goes numb. So the tongue, the jaw, I have no idea what I was doing while I was down there. And the upside of that is, is that it was apparently the best thing ever. Even though that in my mind it was like, is this good for you, socks? But apparently she keeps requesting the repeat uh, performance of that. And I've honestly got no idea what I'm going to do to repeat that. And yeah, so apparently when I don't know what I'm doing, I'm doing the best thing I've ever done. So yeehaw. Uh, next time, just go for it. Just go for it. Just like, just go crazy down there. Seems like that's what she wants. And also floss your teeth after every meal, please. I mean, this is the problem with uh, even the smallest amount of dishonesty in a relationship. You think it's a tiny white lie that you don't tell your partner that you have a bunch of cavities and need to get fillings. You think, well, what, what, what harm would that be? And before you know it, two years later, 
you're having to go onto the black market to buy Novocaine and stick it in your L30 region so that you can go down on <laughs> your wife like she likes it, like a sloppy paralysis victim just sort of slopping around down there. You see, this is why you got to be honest, everybody, because you don't want to have to stick Novocaine in your mouth to be good at going down on women. I've always said that. Let's play another. Last one. Hi, my name is, well, I probably shouldn't say, but this happened last night. My boyfriend, whom I love dearly, had a really bad stomach ache, and he was in the bathroom for like two hours, and I only have one bathroom in my apartment, so I had to pee really, really bad, so I went into the kitchen and got a bowl out of the cabinet, and I squatted on the ground, and I peed into the bowl. Um, He doesn't know, and um, I don't know. When you got to go, you got to go, right? So, um, anyways, thank you. Bye. I don't think that's a big deal at all. The things we do for love. No, this just sounds like a down-ass girl. She's like, my boyfriend is in the bathroom having two hours of chronic diarrhea, so I'm going to go in the kitchen, take a big hot piss in the salad bowl. I mean, I wouldn't have I done it in a bowl. Man. What would you have done it in? Well, I do do it like when sometimes I probably shouldn't say this. Uh, now I'm curious. Well, when I'm on the road with my daughter and you're not here, I have her sleeping in the bathroom. So sometimes I'll get home from a set and I don't want to wake her up mm-hmm. in the hotel room. So I've peed in a cup before. Really? <laughs> I do. I mean, Natasha, she (laughs) sleeps through the night. I know, but just having her wake up, the idea of her waking up and me having to put her down after I did two or three shows at a night, I'm like, I can't deal with that. And what's happening with the baby while you're at the shows? She's just in the bathroom? No, it's like when my mom's in town, so she's already watched her like in the hotel room next door. See, I didn't want that to be the case. I love the idea of you leaving our kid in the bathroom alone, no babysitter, going out for uh, two shows, coming home drunk, pissing in a cup putting it on it's like leaving I wasn't Las Vegas. drunk i was just like not <laughs> wanting to you know wake her up i've peed in a bunch of bottles on a long road trip that's the advantage of having a penis pee in a bottle on a road trip peeing in one of those paper cups that they leave you for coffee is pretty easy all right i'll try it sometime i mean i guess that was my dark secret well we know who it was from and now i'm turned on so let's stop this <laughs> podcast I'm okay i'll go have you pee in a cup Let's do another call. Okay. Okay, we're going to call Michelle in Edmonton. Hello? Michelle. Hello. How is Edmonton this time of year? Oh, it's raining, weirdly, on top of the snow. Raining on snow. That's Mm, a beautiful image. At least there's a lot of nice Canadians talking to you. What's going on? (laughs) Are you an oil baroness? What do you do in Edmonton? Um, I work in admin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I scan stuff and print and that's it. Well, what else is going on? Why'd you call? Why did we call you? So my issue is I've been dating my boyfriend for like three years. And recently he was out with some friends. I met this girl at a bar and they have since become like pretty good friends and hang out all the time. And she sounds cool. And he obviously really likes her. And I think she's into him. And, like, some weird stuff has happened where she's like, oh, you smell good and stuff like that. Ew. And, like, your legs are really nice. And, like, texting him, like, good night, sweetie. Like, not sweetie, but, like, weird, like, flirty good night texts. And I'm just like, good night, daddy. Think more like that, more, more good night, zaddy, wreck this, wreck me, zaddy kind of stuff. Yeah. First of all, I don't think it's yeah, that exactly. appropriate to be, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems a little weird to be in a committed relationship and then for the guy to like start making really good friends with some woman. I mean, but I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people would disagree with me, but I would definitely be out of my comfort zone. Moshe, if you started going to the movies, not with one of your million old friends that you know, but like some new woman that you met that you're like really into hanging out with. I mean, listen, everything is context based and, and I could see a world in which you made a new male friend and it wouldn't bother me. But I don't think that that world would include, uh, I met this great guy at a bar with, with my girlfriends last week. We're going to start going to movies together and 
texting each other goodnight messages. I mean, that's the problem because it's like jealousy is really a hard, hard thing to deal with because like there's so much of it that you're like, is this in my head? Am I being crazy? Am I psychotic? I just need to be confident. But then there is like, you know, your your gut instinct. And what is your gut saying? If your gut's like, this seems weird that she's texting him at night. And I, you know, I've definitely experienced a lot of jealousy in my life. And someone told me once that it's like, Jealousy is like you're roasting, you know, your own heart on a on a fire and you're just turning it. And so it's like you are really making yourself miserable by succumbing to it. But at the same time, you want to protect yourself because if he is kind of trying to like get out of the relationship and if he's not doing his part to make you feel loved and secure, then, you know, you've got to address that. Yeah. Well, speaking speaking as a guy like I don't think there's anything wrong with what your man is doing. I think it's cool. No, it sounds really sketchy to me. Um, I don't think it sounds that sketchy yet. I mean, here's the thing. Moshe has tons of friends that are women. He always has. I had I had a Canadian guy I dated. He had the same amount of women friends as Moshe does. Like they were like some of his dearest friends. They gave him presents. It was just like a thing. But then I dated a guy who was a comedian and he was like, I've never had a woman friend. I would, you know, he, he only thought women should be fucked. So like, I do think there is something really nice about being able to have, you know, male and females being able to be friends. It seems very evolved. Oh, to me. I 100, yeah, totally. I 100% believe in male, female friendships. Because you don't look at women as only a fuck toy. But I, but well, I don't know about that, but uh, I, I do think that, I do think that there's something odd. Like what what my original Like I'll tell you who doesn't have any female friends. My dad. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like he like has a wife, he's cheated on his wives. You know, he's just like women are like women and they're there to like I don't what? know. What? Have sex with. Yeah. Good old Not da- for friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Johnny. I'm just Good saying it's a, it's like a no, here's the thing. Generation thing also. When you first asked about jealousy, my instinct was that jealousy, much like guilt, is a absolutely useless human emotion. It is just it is just t- drinking poison and there's no point to it. It's an ugly, gross, nasty feeling and it just corrodes relationships. And, and a lot of times it's unwarranted. You can talk yourself into the worst possible. Right. You know, all of a sudden your creative energy is spent or your free time is spent you know, thinking up the worst possible scenario. And and I agree. And I, as a result of feeling that strongly about jealousy, I am, I really don't have any, uh, the slightest bit of jealousy. I just, that's just not who I am. Believe that, me, I tried to make Moshe jealous. <laughs> that said, <laughs> Olivia, there's a difference between not indulging in the ugliness of jealousy and also, and not paying attention to something that is alarming. And if you're feeling like your spidey sense is going off and you don't feel like you're just being insane, then it does not being jealous doesn't mean ignoring the circumstances of your relationship. I don't love this text thing. Well, I'll tell you what I would do if I were you, but it's bad. What is it? I would get a text at the same, like whatever he's doing that makes you upset, reproduce that in your life so like terrible advice why you're saying she should start texting some guy no not some guy not anyone but just like you know if he's like oh i'm going to the bar with uh carolyn or whatever the her name is you know you can be like oh okay cool and then like he's like hey you want to hang out tuesday oh i can't uh jeff and i are going to a restaurant and there's this really cool restaurant we wanted to try that's what i would do and he'd be like oh I think this is terrible advice. Well, it works. What do you think? <laughs> I would like to know, Michelle. What do you think of that idea? That, a retaliatory <laughs> strategic... nervous. I feel like it's like... I don't think it's her style. Like, like, I think we've also sort of worked through it and talked about it a bit. So I'm just like, like, how do I stop myself being like, having that like jerk reaction every time he hangs out with... How many times is like, he hanging out with this girl, though? Like... Uh, like less now, but like, like weekly, out, it was like a lot. And like, wait, 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 <laughs> when you say, me nervous. when you say we worked it out, can you explain what happened? You guys talked about it. What was the resolution that you came to? Basically, like, I'm really conflict averse. So I was like, kind of trying to just pretend I was cool with it. And he was like, you need to just tell me if this is making you uncomfortable. 
Um, but I still, so we, we like talk that out, but there's still stuff that like, I get this like gut reaction of like, oh my God, this does not feel right. And how do I like talk to talk about this without like making it some huge fight and like, being, why like, can't like, you, I, I hate the idea of being like, you can't have any female friends cause that's garbage. But, but yeah. the problem to me is like, it's like new female friends and it's like, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like everyone works so much and we're all so busy and you know, your time off. It's like, are there times when you want to go get dinner with him, but he's hanging out with this new female friend of his instead? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Does, let me ask you another question. That would make me very unhappy. Do you have, does he have other female friends? Does he have? Yeah. Yeah, he definitely does. And do any of them make you feel insecure or uncomfortable? Not really because I've met them, I think is part of it. You haven't met this girl? Exists and I've never met her. And yeah. I'm sorry. Like, what? You've never met her? <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Michelle, no, I... honey. Yeah. She should be retaliating. You should be doing no, exactly what I'm saying. Don't retaliate. That's okay, just that, that's just an immature response. But you should be. This well, doesn't how about, feel. How, why can't she come with? Uh, why can't she meet the girl? This doesn't feel kosher to me. Forget jealousy. Yeah, that was sort of my thing of like, yeah. can I meet her and like see how you guys are together? What did he that say? Called my fears, but that has not happened. What did so. he say? It's just like, oh, yeah, maybe, and then it never happens. So. All right, Michelle, I think I have a very clear idea of what you need to do here. I, I, don't know, okay. I don't know if this guy's being unfaithful or not. I have no idea, obviously. But you said, can I meet her? And he has avoided allowing you to meet her. It's very simple to meet someone. That is, especially someone you're so close with that you text, good night, sweetie. It, it could be, hey, tomorrow, let's all get together. So you're, yeah. I don't, this doesn't sound like a jealousy issue. This sounds like paying attention, waking, waking up issue. Mm-hmm. And it's very simple. You say to him, oh, you know what? Actually, this does make me uncomfortable. Just this relationship, not your relationships with female friends in general. And name them. This one in particular makes me uncomfortable. So if you wouldn't mind, um, can you put just a quell on that relationship for, you know, three months? Can you, can you, can you stop hanging out with her and texting her for three months and, or can, can we all get together? And if he avoids both of those things, then something is not good. That's true. That is a great Moshe. That is a great, um, bit of advice because, you know, you're you're saying it to him. You're giving him the two options. And I mean, the thing you just have to look out for is for him to say, OK, I won't talk to her. And then he still does. Then it's weird. Well, then you'll figure that out. I mean, to me, this you really sounds, have to say this, though. And I know it's hard. This but. sounds sketchy. Yeah. And I know you're conflict averse, but you're already in a conflict, whether you know it or not. It just happens to be a conflict that you're passively accepting rather than a conflict that you're getting involved with and you won't sound like a little yeah. bitch because you're gonna be like i you know i i totally respect your relationship with annie and sarah and whoever else and all the other people you hang out with and you know really compliment him and i love when we hang out but you know i've talked to some friends and it just it says something just doesn't feel right to me and i got a third suggestion yeah if he's like you're being crazy which i have a strong feeling is what he's gonna say <laughs> you say you know what maybe you're right Maybe I am being crazy. I can't tell if I'm being crazy anymore. So if you won't do option A or B, can we? let's do option C. Let's go see a couples counselor and get a neutral party to weigh in on whether I'm being crazy or not. And then go. And bring- if he's anything like Moshe, he'll just do whatever you say so he doesn't have to go to couples counseling. I don't love this relationship between this young lady and your boyfriend. And I think... As conflict averse as you are, you got to get into the fray because it's it's your life. And it's going to save you in the long run because you could like stay in a relationship for another year and a half that, you know, yeah. isn't kosher for whatever reason. So, you know, that is, I mean, the questions you will ask him will work as a catalyst to either get you guys closer or break up the relationship. Or you could do yeah. what Natasha thinks you should do, which is find a nightclub in the hot, hot streets of Edmonton, <laughs> find a beautiful, gr- greased down Latin lover, and uh, just just start an affair. And that's then not th- what I was saying, but just make out with a rig pig and hang out. With What's yeah. a rig pig? Oh, that's some oil shit. A rig yeah, pig. Oh my god. Yeah, you need to start fucking a rig pig and use some of that petroleum that you guys, <laughs> that you guys are strip mining the earth for. Oh, I love this. All right. Well, good luck. Will you let us know what happens? Have that talk. I know it's hard, but there's never a good time to do a bad thing. So you have to have it. Do it. You owe yourself. 
Love yourself. Okay, Have you. the talk. Okay. Al- Almond Surfboard, our series. Bye, thank honey. you so much. I wasn't saying that she should go meet some other guy. I was saying she should make it seem like she's as busy as he is with the same situation so he could realize i don't think dishonesty or retaliatory like mind games is ever a good idea in relationship stuff oxygen is the best disinfectant not more obscure uh, like covering your tracks and playing a game i just don't think so all right well write in tell us what you think I mean, no man thinks it's right for a woman to like... No woman is going to agree with you. That is terrible advice. I mean, I got you to pick me up at the airport once from doing that. What did you do? <laughs> what did you do? I, told, I said I was going to have one of my friends pick me up. No, you did not really? Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. And you were like, no, I want to come pick you up. <laughs> you should try that now. I'd be like, that sounds great, honey. <laughs> Who's going to do it? That sounds beautiful. <laughs> oh, really? Thank you for uh, listening and uh, come see us live. And if you're lonely out there, get yourself a rig pig. (laughs) And you can call us too if you want to leave a secret. Our phone number is 213-222-8608. You can also email us endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail.com. You can email us a secret. You can email us a request for uh, live relationship counseling on, on a phone call. And also, if you live in Portland or San Francisco, you can say, I want to come up on stage. You'll get into the show for free, and we'll just roast you a little bit. But uh, this has been fun. Uh, I'm on surfboards. Looking forward to hearing from you. Tosh, I'm going to try and keep uh, keep the house a little cleaner and communicate with less defensiveness and uh, lest you find love in the arms of a rig pig. <laughs> because you know what? That would hurt. You know why? Why? I love you. I love you too.